0: James, I, first things first, I'm doing something which I believe will be the first time in about nine months. I am drinking on the podcast. Oh. Oh man, you should have said. Well you can go if you can go and get something and come back and I'll edit out the gap and the listeners will be none the wiser. I'll get a little something in your honour. Okay. Well did, did you get a beverage? I uh I am
1: uh, I am I am rummed up
0: and ready to go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Oh, this is going to be a fun one. Um, so for me, James, it's just been one of those weeks where I, at some points, genuinely had to like stop and say, OK, I need to eat something. Oh, this is just too much. It's, it's turning 7pm and you've not had your lunch. <laughs> yeah. And it was a combination of, you know, work things really did take over this week. But then also an era has ended. True. And that Donald Trump is gone. For now. And will be back. For, for now. He will be back. Like the Terminator. And, and so it felt it felt significant. And there were, you know, his inauguration, Biden's inauguration happened, and I was following the meltdown of all the QAnon people <laughs> as their storm failed to materialise and all the cabal didn't oh, get arrested.
1: Yeah. It was great. I think some of them are realising that there wasn't a big plan the whole
0: time. <laughs> Who'd thunk it, James? Eh? Anyway... Another part of this uh, alcohol is I have a job interview (gasps) next Friday. What? It is going to be in two languages, which may be a clue. Oh. Yes, ladies and gentlemen who listen to this show, very small handful. You're going,
1: you're moving to Spain.
0: (laughs) uh, As a very select group of people, uh, I applied for a part time Mm -hmm. role. Mm With the Scottish government's Bårdna na Wow, which is this is exclusive. This is truly exclusive to Ceaseau Parade, uh, which is the the body who are responsible for promoting <laughs> the Gaelic language. Just the ex- the existence of this of this board is uh, <laughs> is exclusive to the podcast. It's, <laughs> it's so secret, right? So so they're looking for someone to help with their comms because most of the Board na headlines in recent times have been, let's say, a little bit negative. And so I applied and said, look, I've been doing corporate comms for the best part of a couple of years. I know
1: how to tell people not to say no, and I can say it in Gaelic.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So they've sent across uh, some of the questions, one of which has to be an answer in Gaelic. And my goodness, it's the most convoluted question you could possibly think up. So I'm very glad they sent it to (sighs) me in advance, uh, but I will need... Uh, several drinks, as I attempt to prepare for that one. But there we go. That's happening. So, Do you want to give us like a... Well, I'm, I'm, I don't think we should tell us what the
1: question is. That's probably like secretive and interview process stuff. But do you want to give us an example?
0: It, it would be things like, what strategies and tactics would you use to increase the use of oh, Gaelic no. in rural communities in the west coast of Scotland? Like, oh man, I couldn't even translate that sentence. <laughs> Never mind, answer it. <laughs> so, uh, so that's what's coming up, and that was just on top of the hundred and one things I still have to do for our actual clients, which actually pay me money right now. So, right. So here, here comes the alcohol. Let's just keep it going. No, if if you get that gig, you're, you you are gonna have to drop all
1: your um self self employed stuff.
0: Well, well, see, this is the thing, because because it's a it's a three days a month commitment. Which and I I realize that I'm like talking myself into this, despite having not done the interview yet. I may not get the job. Yeah, good chance I don't. But however, if I did get it, three days a month, I'm in the I'm in the government then, and it's the first step on my role to becoming the new Dominic Cummings. (laughs) Yeah, the communications guy who gets to hold his own press conferences. (laughs) Absolutely, I will be that guy sitting outside. Uh, the Cala Inn in Stornoway, (laughs) holding my own press conference as I... (laughs) Explaining why you took a trip to Edinburgh Castle. (laughs) Explaining why I went to BAG to film a music (laughs) video for my hobby band. That's what will happen. So yeah, that's what's what's happening in my world. James, what about you? It's pretty mad. I can't say I've applied for any jobs.
1: I've been busy though. Um, as well it's been a quite the week it's not like exciting in the same way it's just we've been running as I've said before we've been doing fortnightly tournaments in the work that I'm involved in oh yeah um that for the, this fortnight they've added two extra days of broadcast that needed some um, custom graphics so I've been trying to bash out two days worth of graphics um over the course of this week wow on top of the usual uh, weekly routine which has been a bit mad a challenge I didn't I didn't have much time my weeks are usually like a very quiet week and then a very loud week in terms of work. This was going to be the loud week anyway. Now it's like
0: beyond loud. Cacophonous. Well, my, my the highlight of my weekend is um, I'm playing Pokemon Go battles with my nephew. Ooh, that's quite nice though. So, so that's, my, that's how I de-stress. I also still have a, a, a painting to finish. And uh, and drawers to build. And a stream. And a stream to be a guest on. Oh, and a stream on. to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, if anyone is listening to this on Saturday, then jump on Twitch at eight o'clock. Yeah. And you can see me and James playing a game. Exactly. How fun's that going to be? It's going to be at least somewhat fun. <laughs> at least mildly entertaining. For us. If you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> Indeed, okay. Welcome to cease operate, everybody. Thank you (laughs) so much for listening. We are now on Spotify, by the way. I'm Colin on Spotify, and that's James on Spotify.
1: I mean, it feels like we have to stop telling lies now. When your podcast is getting uploaded to SoundCloud (laughs) and it all feels fake and pretend, it's like, haha, I told a lie by accident, I guess. Oh, well. But now if I tell a lie by accident, I guess, I feel like I'm going to have to do follow-up and stuff like
0: that. (laughs) You have to do like a follow-up apology the next week. Yeah, it does feel more legitimate. It's like re- replace the
1: audio file, you know. Actually, you can't do that on Sp- on SoundCloud.
0: No, no. So on SoundCloud, you can replace the original file. On Spotify, I don't think we have the same level of. Uh, what's the opposite of transparency? Cloak and dagger. Doesn't does the Spotify stuff not read from SoundCloud? I, I honestly don't know. It just asked for like a a link and yeah, RSS feed. That's it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'll be linking back to the, to the SoundCloud. So we can make edits. Oh, great. And nobody's ever going to know. So if we
0: say something offensive or completely untrue, we can just replace it. We,
1: yeah, we can actually
0: edit it now. Now that we have to, because we're on a legitimate platform. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. It was actually uh, Graham McIntosh on Twitter who had asked us, <laughs> have you fine fellows looked into getting Seesaw operate on Spotify? Yeah. It would be good to play it via Alexa uh, whilst working from home mm. and whilst he watches Olympus Has Fallen Too Live. Which was spoiler: (laughs) the president's the bad guy. Very nice. Hey, oh, see what he did there. I've seen that one every day for the last four years. (laughs) Indeed. Although the uh, the rolling the credits now. Uh, Ross also got in touch. Thank you, Ross. Pointing out, by the way, that we have just passed our sixth anniversary.
1: Man,
0: that is just gift that you give on a sixth anniversary. Um, I was going to say an STD, but that's absolutely not what you. (laughs) blame that on the vodka
1: (laughs) you really have got going i don't don't know where that
0: came from i'm sorry
1: traditional gift oh the gemstone is amethyst
0: oh i don't know what that is i thought it was alcohol (laughs) that like the purple one amethyst or purple right okay we're gonna have to look into that but ross did uh he, he found the original tweet which which said from my account started a new podcast today bit of fun more than anything but give it a listen <laughs> and he's reflected uh, he's reflected bit of fun more than anything really does sum up the last few years and uh, i can believe it I, I would say that the, the start of this podcast was the harbinger of the last yeah, it was, the, the last six years it was just a just
1: pre brexit it was just pre trump We thought we could just make fun of the world and get away with it. We made fun of the world, and then it turned out that everything that we were joking about actually became true, and now we've (laughs) got to take everything seriously.
0: Yeah, so if you want to get in touch with Seesaw Parade, you can do. Message us, tweet us, at Seesaw Parade. Or you can do what Shanana Beatty did a few weeks ago and send us a very in-depth, well-researched email seesawparade at gmail.com you can't just send an email that's like one emoji as well feel free and you can also once we get to the review section of the podcast what we've been watching you can send us your review of what you've watched as a mel has done this week she sent us an audio review of house which i've never mm. watched and i'm very looking forward to hearing what she had to say so if you have anything you have consumed digitally <laughs> over the last little while let us know I uh, physically as well. Oh, indeed, yes. If you have eaten anything which was a particularly good cake, or like read a book, Joe, you know, I actually uh, sat through a presentation this week which was about how to make a cake. You sat through a presentation about how to make a cake. Yeah. So, so, so this guy who was the head of digital transformation right. for a medical company in in the Borders decided that his his content was so complicated that he would tell us how to make a cake. And then relay it to his actual job it was very interesting so, there is a cake a cake analogy <laughs> cake analogies It was great and that's how i want 2021 to continue right james shall we kick off what medicine stuff it, it works like a cake oh, for goodness sake so we kick off 2021 then with some good news i know <laughs> we say kick off this is the third episode let's restart 2021
1: continue kicking off we've scored two goals no, wait, the opposing team has scored two goals and now we get a kickoff and
0: for the third time. <laughs> oh, gosh, those is hit me faster than I thought. Uh, Joe Biden, OK, here we go.
1: Hey, the most underwhelming guy in the
0: century. <laughs> OK, Donald Trump has vowed he will be back in some form literally a line from the terminator <laughs> i love it in some form like <laughs> like like a gas <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea he'll be in he'll be in liquid form next time after he <laughs> departed the white house for the final time as president yeah. he told supporters as he prepared to fly to florida that it had been a great honor yeah. to be your president
1: Yeah, that's Florida,
0: United States, not Florida, Scotland. Indeed, there was some talk about that. He is the first president to snub his successor's inauguration in almost 150 years, or sorry, over 150 years. Yeah, yeah. But he did say he wished the new administration great luck and great success. And he did actually leave Joe Biden a note in the Oval Office, although I'm unsure what that note said. Uh, would, would you like to speculate as to what it said? <laughs> Whatever it said, unless it was on an A3, it couldn't have had many words, because he writes very big. <laughs> to make up for the small hands. Biden was <laughs> then uh, inaugurated... Did, did double Sharpie writing. <laughs> Biden was then inaugurated as the 46th President of the United States. James, did you catch any of the inauguration? I didn't watch a lot. Um, I I didn't, I didn't really care. Okay.
1: I knew Trump was gone. That was all I really needed out of the day.
0: Well, on the back of his, uh, his inauguration, in which he gave a very uh, presidential like speech, it was almost refreshing to hear. He went on to sign 17 executive orders, which roll back a lot of the things that Trump Started. It's a good start then. In amongst those 17 were stopping construction of the border wall between the US and Mexico, Indeed. rejoining the Paris Climate Agreement, uh, as well as other different projects including the Dreamers um dreamers thing where they have people from different countries mm-hmm. come to the US as kids and they get to stay there which yeah, yeah, yeah. is nice
1: yeah and he's cancelled the pipeline the con- the, con- the contentious pipeline and he's oh yeah uh, he's, he's and he's, he's unbanned the Muslims he has I believe that that ban did last the entire Trump administration and this the big thing about this for me is just it shows how weak executive orders really are um, so don't rely on them
0: future presidents, because the next guy just goes, I'll tear these up. So let's just uh, initially reflect on on Trump. I know it's very, very difficult to summarize four years of terror. Uh, We'll still be talking about him in four more years. Oh, I'm sure. So my my thoughts, first of all, before I I get yours, James, is that I am sure, I'm certain that when Trump says he'll be back, I believe him for once. I do actually believe him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because whether it's as some sort of media mogul, he does have his diehard supporters who are now... free money forever now. ...Trump or nothing. And as we've talked about on the show before, the Republican Party has to do something about it because otherwise they're just going to have to find their next Trumpian candidate to go up against whoever's running in four years, which is probably going to be Kamala Harris. It
1: probably will be. Um... And, and I agree. The the two options that seem to be realistic for Trump's return, if he doesn't, you know, get prosecuted and jailed and stuff. No, we'll get to that. Which he won't. Um, are, as you say, the media mogul, Trump Trump TV, um, starting in two weeks time, I reckon. Um, but also his own political party. There's already a chatter of that. He's going to try and keep the forever money coming in by forming his own political party and dragging away his cult so that they can keep pushing money into Um, all the ways that he's now used to making money. Um, And and either one of them will be successful because he's got an absolutely massive cult. And that's a shame. And it sucks for the rest of America. Um, Maybe the rest of the world, depending how impactful it actually is. But the further somebody drags things towards completely total right-leaning everything, the worse everybody else gets too. We've already got the Democrats way past the center. So Uh who knows? A massive cult, but a tiny brain. Massive cult, tiny brain, endless free money, because I, I don't understand. how the He's targeted a very specific group of people, some of whom have money, most of whom don't. But yet they still seem to be able to fund uh, an endless drain uh, of okay. finances. They're just a black
0: hole. Well, in the final few hours off his presidency, Trump pardoned 73 people including his former advisor, Steve Bannon, who is facing Ah. fraud charges. So I believe that means he gets off scot-free then. He has admitted guilt and is now free. So we also had uh, pardons for Lil Wayne, Kodak Black, and former Detroit Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick. Mm -hmm. And surprisingly, he did not issue any preemptive pardons for himself or any family members.
1: Yeah, it was interesting. Um, People were wondering if if he was going to do that. There was a lot of people saying he would definitely do that. So we were going to wonder who gave him the advice not to. Pretty good advice, um, by the way. But, you know, you kind of hoped that Trump would be dumb and would issue (laughs) those pardons. And the the real, real hope was that Trump would be so dumb that he'd issue them so late that they wouldn't actually arrive on time. And then, you know, you'd have them right there with their fake pardons at that point because they can be cancelled on the fly. Do
0: you know what the worst one was? It was for Ken Curson, who is a friend of Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who had been charged with cyber-stalking during a divorce. He got a pardon. (sighs) Wasn't that nice? That's just awful. It is. The thing is, though, James, we can't be overly critical because this happens every four years. I remember talking about the uh, pardons that Obama gave out, gave out. For example,
1: I believe like quite a lot of Obama's pardon, like there was a few questionable ones, of course, but I a lot of them were for more low-level crimes and nothing quite as weird as like pardoning someone for cyber stalking or, or the rest.
0: But but even even this whole thing of. Okay, you're the president and on your last day, you can give get out of jail cards to whoever you want. What? It just shouldn't exist. <laughs> why is that allowed? Why should why should anyone be like, "Hey, hey president, like for example, the Tiger King, Joe Exotic was petitioning Trump to yeah. give him a pardon." Because he allegedly hired a hitman to yeah. murder his rival. And he was like, hey Trump, give me a pardon. And genuinely Trump would have had the power to do that. He didn't, thank goodness. But why do we let presidents do this? Just like, oh, it's fine. Doesn't matter what they've done. If the if the president says they're they're off scot free, then they're off scot free. Too bad. Suck it.
1: It's weird but not <laughs> surprising at the same time that a country that is so loud about freedom and democracy and checks and balances yeah. and the the three branches of government, really nothing works there. Like, and finding out more and more how poorly things work when they've been so proud of their system since it started, it's a bit of a shame. I feel bad. And I hope that things start getting fixed, that they fill in some of these gaps where there isn't either the checks or the balances needed, or there's too much of a stubbornness from one group can completely block the the others, you know? There needs to be a change. And okay. uh, I don't know. I don't think we'll see it.
0: Well, just to, to allow you to gather your thoughts, let me give you my uh, summarized, slightly hazy thoughts on Trump over the last four years. The first thing I can say is we avoided nuclear holocaust, which... Yeah. Is a good thing. Yeah, well done. You know, and as much as this sounds like a compliment, it could have been much worse. It could have been a lot worse. Not to say that the four years were not terrible Mm -hmm. for many, many people. They did, I mean, they sure gave us lots of talking points, but it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. So that is the only silver lining I can take out of this. And what I would say, and we reflected on this a couple of weeks ago, I feel that ever since the election, any of the gains or the things that trump could have held on to as hey look what i achieved in my presidency look at the things i did were completely overshadowed by the fallout of the election and the riots or the, the siege on capitol hill on january 6th which will forever go down as a trump yeah. incited act which we'll, we'll talk about with the impeachment in just a second so james let me ask you what are your thoughts on the four years, the four long years that Donald Trump was the president of the uh, of the American <laughs> United States, Take I tell you, this vodka is going to my head. I would say this is my this is, this is about the fairest
1: summary I can give. I'm going to try and be kind here because I've spent a long time being not kind, and mm-hmm. uh, that's the more true self. So let me be fake for a second. Okay, pretend that I'm not angry. Um, Trump, in his four years didn't entirely do bad things. He made one or two good decisions or three or more. Okay. However, I think it would be impossible to be a president of the United States and actually achieve fewer good things than Trump. I think he had the power of two different cults behind him combined his own cult and the cult of the Republicans, which allowed him to be a, a far more ineffective and ill-fitting president than will have ever been possible in the past and may ever be possible again. So, yeah, he did a couple of good things. He's probably gonna be the worst ever. Okay. Forever. Because I don't see this cult happening again. In our lifetime. I, this combination of cults of the people holding the power and the people uh, with the popular support actually having the same goal of this fascism. Now, Yeah. I've cursed it now, and in like twenty years' time, we're going to have an actual fascist takeover, <laughs> and it will all go worse. But for now, I will let me let me be a bit uh, hyperbolic. But the kindness is that I am saying he did a couple of good things. Let's not forget he didn't start a new war. He he, tr- he tried pretty hard. He didn't start a new war. He did increase the number of uh, drone strikes in total, or year on year over Obama. I mean,
0: as as much as you know, p- being pals with. Kim Jong Un was uh, torn to shreds in some parts of the media. He made more progress than any other president has. He actually met the guy. I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, that can only be
1: applauded. Is it progress to just like concede a bunch of points to the other dude without
0: getting anything back? <laughs> well, well, when you put it like that, then then no. However, every other president <laughs> had that. You know, North Korea must not be treated with any sort of respect, whereas Trump said, "Hold on, let's actually chat to the guy and meet him now whilst sending him a giant oversized a two size letter or card was to me just the height of silliness. He did actually you know start a conversation. He met the dude he he talked he talked, but he 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 had
1: a lot of chips, both sides had a lot of bargaining chips, and Trump kind of just chucked a few of his out, and then Kim was like. I'll keep mine. And then Trump was like, okay, I'll give you a couple more of mine. And then Kim was like, I'll, I'll keep mine too though. And then I'll take okay. those. And then Kim left and that was it. Right. Um, Trump also didn't tank the economy True. as badly as he could have. And then COVID did that anyway. Um, <laughs> he didn't completely wreck the progress of uh, job creation that was happening under Obama after Obama managed to recover Bush's disastrous uh, leadership. Um, and... Under Trump, we hit new levels of, uh, new low levels of unemployment in the States, which is good, but he did actually just take what Obama was doing and then slow it down. Okay. But it was like a gentle breaking rather than a handbrake. I don't know. There's not a lot of good, I hope he doesn't get remembered fondly for a lot of things. Oh, he won't? Generally, I think he should be remembered for trying to be authoritarian and failing really hard except he did manage to kill a lot of people.
0: He did, but I'd also say that he's forever changed the political landscape of American politics and broadly world politics in that it has become so much more polarized in the four years that he's, or even say five years, that he's been in contention in comparison to previous presidential elections. No, this is one of the most impactful times um, I expect we will have in our lifetime. Okay, very briefly, because I'm almost out of my drink here. Uh, Donald Trump's impeachment trial over his role in last uh, or earlier this month's deadly riots at the Capitol will begin next week in the Senate. That's according to the Democrats. Yeah. Uh, so on Monday, the House of Representatives will deliver the impeachment charge to the Senate, which will start the trial process for the 100 member chamber. So Republicans had been arguing for a delay, mm-hmm. wanting more time to prepare. For what? I don't. I don't understand why you're. Whoa, well, we want more time to prepare. Prepare what? <laughs> I don't
1: know. I don't get it. I, I'm not sure to try and convince the whole party that they need to not do this for some reason. I don't know. Maybe they. De- maybe they haven't figured out what the best plan is for them. Like they haven't. But, but, they don't actually know what the most profitable
0: thing for the Republicans is. They need some time to think. Okay, because to me, and we talked about this. <laughs> I say that a lot. We talked about this, and to me, this is the Republicans' chance to essentially ban Trump for e- from ever getting involved yeah. in their party again. Because if Absolutely. they fail to do this, he can run again. If he's impeached and that's
1: it, he's done. Yeah, but they've got a balance. and This is the Republican struggle. is They're trying to balance, is it more profitable for us to have Trump and his cult or no Trump and no cult? Right. And they don't know, so they're taking their time. Um, oh, okay. I hope that Trump isn't the only person who gets impeached or... They're, related things over this, we've got a few other people in the Senate and in Congress who were equally responsible um, in what they were saying and beyond. There was a bunch of people uh, who were associated with Trump who were seriously uh, inciting this uh, attempted attempted coup or uh, insurrection. Um, and I hope it doesn't stop at Trump. Um, if it does, it's embarrassing. If it doesn't get, if if, we, if Trump has no repercussions, is embarrassing. If Trump and then a bunch of other people don't, it's embarrassing. It probably will be embarrassing. Check back in two months when I can feel embarrassed for the world. Okay. Um, but I really hope that one a big name. I think Cruz needs to go. Definitely. Like, my goodness, that guy's. That guy is an idiot. He should go just based <laughs> off his idiocy. Did you see his tweet about the Paris Climate Agreement? I did. Yes, I did. Biden cares more about the people of Paris than the people of what was it Pennsylvania? It's Pittsburgh, like, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, and it's like, all right, that's how agreement names work, is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah. it's just so dumb. And I, I saw that. I yeah, thought, it works.
0: Does Ted Cruz genuinely think the Paris Agreement is about Parisians? Yeah,
1: maybe, <laughs> like, maybe the Republican Party in general doesn't know that this is a worldwide thing. G- climate change is not just for Paris.
0: <laughs> it's like, okay, he signed an agreement that's going to help the people of Paris and only Paris, nobody else. He doesn't care about anybody else, not even Marseille.
1: Like, Never mind the fact that he was one of the loudest voices pro-insurrection.
0: He's just clearly so dumb that he needs to get, lose his job. <laughs> Okay, one final point before we move on. Democrats do require the support of 17 Republicans of the 50 oh, in order to convict so Mr. Trump because they need a two-thirds vote for impeachment to yeah, well. essentially happen. And as we're, time is passing... They've got bewitched McConnell. No? Okay, but as time is passing, the anger is sort of subsiding. Indeed, that's why they want time. And some Republicans are saying that um, you know they've cast doubt on the legality of trying a president after he's left, and other ones saying, oh, the process is going to divide an already divided country. I would be oh, very yeah, yeah. very surprised if they got 17 Republicans. You might get three or four, but that'll be it. They won't won't get the 17. They they should, but they won't. And it's a shame. Yeah, you're right. They should, but they won't. Um,
1: But who knows? Maybe this is the kind of thing that will tarnish the name of the Republican Party enough that they won't ever quite have the same power as before. But then again, the Democrats just enjoy being so bland that nobody votes for them anyway
0: so who knows well did you see all the bernie sanders memes going around this week
1: exactly imagine imagine one of the most talked about things on an inauguration day being an old dude and his outfit that is that's how boring the democrats are that's a fair point although bernie's gloves could unite the nation if they just focused on those we could have a united america in no time
0: Oh man, I think a discussion about a potential Bernie presidency or what that would have been like has to be saved for another day, but we talked about Man, that's a yeah. In in the run up to Biden eventually being elected, the fact that the other nominees dropped out to help Biden's share of the vote and Sanders was the casualty of that is a real shame. Yeah, and that's another like actually historic moment.
1: That is a change in the direction that the world took. Um, I do fully believe that Bernie, with the support and funding of the party, would have easily um, taken taken Trump on. Uh, if if Biden could have done it with without uh, any campaigning whatsoever, Bernie could have done it with his actual ability to campaign. Um, and we'll never know. Do you think he'll get another shot? No, I, I hope he doesn't go for it. He's got a real good gig right now. He's in charge of he's in charge of the money, basically. He's, in, he's, in, he's oh, yeah. the Senate Finance Committee chair, whatever, something along those lines. So he gets to undo a lot of the damage the Republicans have done while they've been in charge of finances. And he gets to enact a lot of things that he's been yelling for for decades at this point. I hope that that is a position that he'll be happy to stay in for as long as he can. Uh, instead of aiming for president again and put his name behind somebody somebody else and try and build up the momentum behind some other candidate, um, especially if we're going to be seeing uh, Kamala back, who is as underwhelming as Biden. Although, again, historic, uh, female, very uh, person of color. Um, in in as a, a vice president, it is uh, a huge moment in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I, I am not impressed by the person, though. I would agree with that, but let's give it time. I fully expect that over the course of the next four years, there will be movement, shall we say, in the Biden-Harris relationship.
1: The thing I'm looking out for with Biden and Kamala and Democrats uh, from now until, you know, four years is whether they focus on token gestures uh, or whether they actually enact things that they hope will have positive change. Okay. Like, I don't want them to paint a wall a rainbow I want them to fund <laughs> a pro-trans rights organisation a pro-LGBT organisation You want to fund the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't want token gestures, I want actual change um, but you know token gestures is what works it's why Starmer is in charge of labour here and it's why they're in charge of the, of the democrats there uh, so we'll, we'll see
0: Okay, James, let's jump over to our side of the Atlantic and talk about, hooray, more COVID restrictions. hey oh Do you know what was was interesting? I did a session today, uh, which is, again, part of the reason why I was drinking, because one of the participants was speaking to us from Australia, and he was just having a great old time. He's in Perth, which is in the west of the country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And basically he said, yeah, we had lockdown for a couple of months. We were told to stay in the state, but do whatever we wanted. Mm-hmm. And he says, like, life is just normal. He was he was off to a gig after our session. He he was going to get a beer. Actually I was mad. like, oh, man, that must be so nice.
1: Yeah, and they've got cities. Let's not just pretend that Australia is just one house per square mile. <laughs> yep. It, 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 yeah, it's the constant reminders from all over the world, seeing how other countries that are now just Basically normal. Um and, and we're we're stuck again in another
0: lockdown and it's all because of incompetence. Indeed. Well, this week's headlines, so there's a few of them. Let's start with this one. Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, says it's too early to say whether England's COVID restrictions will excuse me, end in the spring. So <laughs> they won't. Once the four priority groups have been vaccinated by mid February. He said, we will then look at how we're doing. So nearly two million people in the UK have been given their first dose of the vaccine in the past week. And taking this to Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon, the First Minister, said that instead of lockdown ending on January 31st, which was the original plan, they're now going to push it back to mid-February. However, Northern Ireland have announced that their lockdown is extending until March. So James That sounds like the most realistic one. I fully expect the lockdown in Scotland will continue until March at least. Yes. Give me your thoughts on, on what the um on these developments and also the news that the R number has apparently fallen below one for the first time since early December.
1: Yeah, I mean we've got the number down. Um I'm thinking back to lockdown, not lockdown one, uh, decades ago. um, I'm pretty sure they were like, hey, if we get the R number down below like 0.2 or Uh something, we can be freed up. And, and now we're like hey it's below one let's just go back to normal nope let's not go back to normal let's just keep the lockdowns keep uh, keep whatever is needed we have failed enough it's time to stop failing we could have had a better life if we were successful six months ago we weren't yep so we just got to deal with it now um the vaccines yeah it's great we've got uh, millions of first doses how many second doses do we have that's the one that makes a difference the difference between 70 percent effective um as a herd and ninety something percent effective as a herd is massive. Yeah. Um. So there's just a whole bunch of questions, and we've got this shady, shady dealing by the government trying to pretend that the first dose is the number that matters. So they're pushing this number out, and they've told us that the majority of over 80s have received a vaccine. Lie. About a quarter have. I don't think that's more than half. Mm. Um. So we'll be seeing lockdowns until they get everything together. But even if even if we get the majority of vulnerable people vaccinated, great, we shouldn't return to normal. Yep. Death is not the only result of this virus. What we're finding out is that months later, for some, like almost a year later after their initial uh, bout with the virus, they are still struggling to breathe, Mm -hmm. still have achy joints, still can't get up in the morning, still coughing, still this, still that, still can't work out. All of these effects in, in otherwise very healthy people. We've got people in their early 20s who are still struggling to breathe and still yep. like
0: can't climb stairs about getting exhausted. Well, I, I know it's not the same, but my old colleague Andrew McLean at Radio Clyde, his sense of taste is yet to return. And he had COVID yeah, ex- in yeah. March of last year. That's That's huge to me. That is absolutely
1: huge. I know it's not like pain and it's not like struggling it's, to move. It's still life-altering. But you're losing, an, yeah, you're losing a very valuable thing there. So there's this whole idea in, in all sorts of groups like, hey, no, only a small number of people are, are dying from it. Let's open up. It's like,
0: no, even if nobody was dying from this, I still wouldn't want to. Okay, so, so just to throw <laughs> some stats into this, the, uh, the figures of people who are currently in hospital are around 30% higher. There are 30%... More patients in hospital yeah. right now than at the peak of the first wave in April. Yeah, we're just a bit we're just a bit more organised. A- and Miss Sturgeon said that this number was almost certain to rise for another few yeah. weeks yet. So, so to put this into context, yeah. in the initial lockdown, which I believe was March twenty third until about the end of May, a couple of months, and if we're thirty percent over capacity of of the peak in april right now this lockdown is definitely not going to end in the middle of february it's easily going to be yeah, march especially
1: if the vaccines you, you need a month after them <laughs> just to confirm and stuff like yeah. that and you get your st- second dose which is too long it should be 12 days um we're not going to see the end of it no i i, I agree um Heads aren't going to roll, though. This is the incompetence that clearly the British public is completely okay with. Yeah. Um, so what can we do? Uh, there's also the chatter from Boris as of like today, I guess, saying that there's signs that the new variant is actually more deadly mm-hmm. than the original. So, so hey, uh, we might actually get things even more severe. If we've got something that is more contagious and more deadly, we're in trouble. So it's grave. Everybody just... Keep trying to stay at home, like it's bad for everybody's mental health and stuff. Yeah, the government should be offering us far more support. The government should have rolled out free internet by now because there's thousands of families cut off from everybody because they do not have the money to pay for their own net, yep. blah, blah, blah. Um, It's interesting to see how effective a lot of Corbyn and the, and Corbyn's Labour Party's policies would have been. A lot of the things that, that, he, that he was and his party were saying was important are now being seen as, hey, maybe this is important. The BBC called free broadband and broadband communism when Carbon suggested it. But now it feels like it's just a sensible thing to do because there are families and children going without an education. Um, and families going without any contact with the outside world. It's mad.
0: Um, Well, you're talking, James, about the public's responsibility. One of the major stories today, which is Friday, is that police had to break up a wedding party in North London where they say between 150 and 400 people had gathered. Mm -hmm. So officials had found the windows of a uh, Jewish senior girls' school essentially covered... When they covered uh, up, when they arrived on Thursday night, and guests then fled, of course, from this Orthodox uh, Charedi Jewish school, When the police arrived. Organisers were faced uh, facing a ten thousand pound fine for breaking the rules. So, mm, yeah, and we, uh, we we've discussed this. People are, of course, tiring of these these rules. But when you see something like this or a story like that, it just makes me a bit angry <laughs> because
1: I get angry at the government. Well, of
0: course, of course, but it's also. <laughs> about personal responsibility because let's yeah. say James I was to say hey James I'm having a flat warming here we go. I've no. been in this flat for five months it's time to get some people over here and I had 20 people in yes. this flat you would have every right to be angry at me yeah. for being an idiot so in the same way I can be angry at other people for also being idiots I, I get angry at the idiots when they do idiot stuff
1: yes but if I received a letter in the mail that was like a poll and they were asking me like who do I blame for this of the course. public or the government clearly the government if you've got an unruly public that's the government's
0: fault all the time But no but if, no but some of that is down to the culture because if you look in in certain countries in Asia particularly Japan the adherence of people to the government's rules are far higher than you would see in Britain. But we've For thought, example, we've... even even the news this week, that Tokyo 2021, I know this is not in the running order, yep. but Tokyo 2021, the Olympics, which were delayed by a year, yeah. there is serious talk that, that they will just not happen. They will be cancelled. Yeah. And so, to my surprise, in the news story, the overwhelming majority of the Japanese public support the cancellation of the Olympic Games, yeah. despite the fact they've spent something like £11 billion on this. Yeah, I'm sure we wouldn't. I'm sure we wouldn't. But it's like this is I, well, Exactly. I'm sure if, if this was happening in London or Glasgow or, or somewhere in the UK, there would be, you would fight tooth and claw to hold on to the Olympics until the last possible second. And people would be devastated and gutted, and the public would be up up in arms. But in different countries, they clearly see, well, nope, having the Olympic Games is a terrible idea during a global pandemic. But there isn't that much of a difference between people worldwide.
1: Um, Overall, the average human is pretty similar here and there in how we make our decisions, what we value, uh, what matters, what doesn't, how we calculate things, just because brains are brains.
0: Brains are brains. A
1: lot of what happens in the UK is just down to the the, the the way that the media has changed the system. The media's influence not being led by trying to be purveyors of truth, but by trying to get clicks and trying to get this and that. So we've got okay. an outrage culture that affects half the nation on on whatever side. And But then there is just this weaker government who spent decades telling us that there is no society and we don't have responsibility for the, for the people who are unfortunate and not well off. And they've got to just drag themselves up and get out of their poverty all on their own. And all of that stuff whittles down uh, our idea of community and whittles down our ideas of who matters and not just mm-hmm. uh, what matters. So when it comes to this, of course, everybody's acting selfish. It's because of the government style and because of the leadership style that we've seen in terms of social decisions, for decades, so I blame government. And I blame government when they break the rules themselves very visibly and there is no punishment. Of course, that means that a lot of people nationwide are gonna then break the rules because why would they want to keep caring if there's a different set of rules for the, for the elite? It, if you just look at the stats, there was far more support for lockdowns and people were far more in line with lockdowns before people high up in government and people associated with government broke rules and there was no repercussions. And every time a new person within any level of government breaks the rules and faces no consequences, it whittles down the adherence to the rules even further. However, we still have an overwhelming majority of people in support of lockdowns and in support of this and that. And One party in London with a couple hundred people equates to one business open in an office with a couple hundred people without the right safety um, um, procedures in. And I know there are plenty businesses of that size or greater who have not got the right uh, practices in place and who are not being shut down by the police or anyone Mm -hmm. else.
0: Okay. I I did mention, just before we move on, I did mention Dominic Cummings earlier. I was reflecting on this uh, with a colleague over the week If you imagine, to cast your minds back to last century when Dominic Cummings was caught travelling to Durham whilst he and his wife were infected with COVID, imagine, after all that furore and shenanigans, if as soon as the story had broke, or within like a couple of hours, Boris Johnson had sacked him. Just imagine that that was the decision that was taken. After two hours, he was out, he was done, he was gone. The impact of that, in comparison to what actually unfolded, I can't even imagine the impact that would have had. It would have just been a non-story instead of the well, yeah.
1: saga that unfolded. Instead of the saga that unfolded and the massive weakening of how much people cared about the rules. Yeah. If he got fired for what he did, we would have had thousands of lives saved and thousands more uninfected and not having their whole future be dead, be um, changed entirely because of a virus they caught one time, you know? That one decision costs thousands of people at least a part of their body autonomy, if not more. And that's just a thing that keeps happening as government keeps making decision after decision after decision that all on their own would be one mistake that costs a lot of life and a lot of time and a lot of money, but all together are a complete disaster.
0: James, I'm going to kick off this entertainment section with the news that James Bond's latest movie, or rather, James Bond is not a person, the latest movie about James Bond. Yeah, about James Bond, the person. Has been delayed for a third time. So how entertaining. No Time to Die, which was meant to come out in April 2020, was initially pushed back uh, a few months. More like No Time to Watch. Yes, indeed. Uh, the irony of the name uh, has now been pushed back to October the 8th, 2021, which again, I would say is optimistic. But yeah. hey-ho, here we are. They're just going to have to release it. It's going to happen. Right. So so here's, here's the question, James, because we've discussed many times in this show... The other movies, the other films, which have been released straight to streaming, which many of the actors and studios behind these movies have been deeply unhappy about because a, upset about a fraction of the people who would have seen them in the cinemas are now having to stream them on HBO Max yeah. or similar. So do you see No Time to Die eventually going that way or do you think that they will stick with a cinema I worldwide think- opening?
1: I don't see why people aren't embracing just doing both. And I get that it makes less money, but surely it makes the most money you can make right now. Release it for streams. good point. Release it in cinema. You'll get like the dedicated few who really want to see the film and you'll get the extras who want to see it at home. You're not going to get anybody extra who wouldn't have gone to see it. You're only going to get the dedicated few if you only do the cinema release. You know, yeah. Uh... It just makes sense to me. Maybe, maybe I'm assuming at this point that there must be experts in the field saying that this is wrong and that they just need to keep delaying and then eventually it will make money. Um, I think there's a potential that like autumn this year, we might be having cinemas and stuff. Uh, because, we will see. Because of, you know, the, the vaccine and things like that. I won't be going, but I'm sure some
0: people will. Okay, well, in, in terms of major names, we've already seen Pixar's latest movie, Soul, which I am going to watch at some point. It's now on Disney+. Oh, yeah. Mulan, which is on Disney+. Plus. Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, yeah. Which, if you want to shell 19 quid on Amazon Prime, you can go and watch right now. But I'm going to yeah. wait till it becomes a fiver. Apparently, don't bother, but... That's a shame. <laughs> uh, and, of course, we have the announcement from a, a couple of months ago about Dune and a whole host of other... Sorry, Dune, Dune. and a whole, po- a whole host of big movies which are coming to streaming and also cinemas concurrently. Uh-huh. So, James, for, for me, No Time to Die, I, I admire the, uh, the, the studio's <laughs> adherence to wanting to stick yeah, to are, the big are, movie opening. <laughs> However, as, we've saw, as we saw with Tenet last summer it just doesn't work even if you do release it in october you will not recoup anywhere near the money you would have done pre-pandemic so why are you sticking to that so rigidly and and whilst i agree that streaming is not as you know it's not the big picture experience but it's better than nothing yeah but they might be making no other
1: films they might have just shelled everything Ayo, we'll keep it all just on the back burner, and then film when the films start coming out again. We'll finish all these ones that are now just like in a freezer, on the back burner in a freezer, I guess. Um, I don't know. I don't know about the, you know, each of the studios. I know some of them are still producing stuff. I know that we all know that Tom Cruise um, has has offended many people uh, while still producing stuff, and indeed, I actually regret supporting him quite as lightly as I did. But you know, that, that was before I was on Spotify, so I don't really have to take it back at all anyway um <laughs> the, the businesses are going i expect they're minimizing expenses and just waiting they're just hibernating hibernating on the back burner in a, in a freezer
0: okay well let's move on to what we've been watching this week and starting with a listener review emelle has sent in her audio review of house uh, before i get to what i've been watching and what james has been watching over the last seven days let's hear from emelle here we go
2: hello seesaw parade hello. i have a review for you oh thank it's you it's off house the American medical drama, based around the character of Gregory House, mm-hmm. who, in case you don't know, is a dark-witted, Vicodin-addicted genius diagnostician.
1: Mm.
2: I've watched all eight series. Uh-huh. Halfway through the first series, I felt, Do you know what, the writing and the acting here are, are superb, really great. But the episodes are kind of formulaic. Mm -hmm. It's sort of the same thing every time somebody's not well, the team can't work out what's wrong, they misdiagnose the person, and then at the last minute, House works it all out and everything is solved. Well, at the end of season eight, I'd have to say that basically remained the case throughout... (laughs) But the wit and the intrigue and the real relationships run into the show kept it totally compelling throughout all eight series, regardless of this. Hugh Laurie is obviously just brilliant. And for me, the show stands out from other medical dramas because it's not about who's dating who or who's falling out with who. It's not just a hospital full of inexplicably beautiful doctors and nurses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very real. It's got actually a sort of existential darkness to it. Mm-hmm. And there's real medical mystery in every episode. You'll learn lots of names of different illnesses if you watch. Sarcoidosis, Wegener's, Vasculitis, Kawasaki's, oh, just to name okay. a few. Thank, thank you. These are stored into my brain forever. I really hope they come up <laughs> in a pub quiz or something. Um... But yeah, I think a really real show and interesting to take a look at a character who is a drug addict, but is a high functioning middle class drug addict. Mm-hmm. um, And just how that plays out in the character is is really very good, very well written. The last couple of series did get a bit boring in a couple of points. People became very philosophical and reflective towards the end. And you do require a good dose of suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. because in no world would House still be allowed to operate as a doctor when you see the things <laughs> that he does. Yep. But all in all, uh, I'd have to say great writing, fantastic acting, high production values. And Hugh Laurie's American accent is so good, that when you hear him speaking in his own accent, it sounds really weird. Indeed. So I would say 9 out of 10, we'd absolutely watch again. You should give it a go, unless you're squeamish,
0: in -hmm. which case, don't. So there we go. That was Emel's review of House. James, any thoughts on that? I've never seen House. I know, I've seen House and I do very much like House. I would give
1: it almost all the same points. Um, because the, the, it is. It's not the. It's not the actual story of each patient that gets you through the episodes. Uh-huh. It's just kind of like all the character and, and all of. Well, it's not really drama, but there is often quite a bit of drama. But all the interactions between the different characters and watching the characters develop and grow, or not really grow at all, but continue to be entertaining, uh, rather than actual good writing for for <laughs> uh, changing how to solve a case every time. Okay. Um. It, it's it's good. It it is a good show. I, I I've watched it uh, all once, and I've watched the first half again a second time. Um, wow! I I it's it's just good, entertaining stuff. And I like the main point to reflect is that if you if this is the first time you hear Hugh Laurie, you are gonna be surprised when he's like pure <laughs> posh English. <laughs> There's a lot of very good music in house,
0: some of which composed by Mister Laurie himself. Wow, that's quite something to be. Completing your own show and having your own music playing in between sections. How mm-hmm. about that, James? If only we did something exactly the same. Imagine. Imagine. Okay, let me ask, James. Have you seen or finished anything over the last seven days? I I actually have, but I only want to talk about one of them. <laughs> okay, okay, right. In that case, I've got two, so I'm going to kick off. Myself and Graham have finally finished our Marvel watch Woo! hey only took us twenty three movies at <laughs> uh, the best case of best part of three months, but here we are. We have finished with Endgame. Of course, the final part of the giant jigsaw that is uh, Thanos and his enormous purple head <laughs> and his enormous <laughs> appendages. So, <laughs> sorry, my thoughts on Endgame is that it is you know it does the job, but it is an unwieldy. Overlong oh, yeah. beast, yeah. And Thanos's best bits are in Infinity War, which Definitely. I reviewed last week. Infinity War is is ultimately the superior film, oh, by so many ways, because it it's so effective in setting Thanos up as the big bad guy, as he has been in the background for the previous twenty two movies. And Endgame, whilst it you know it tells a good story ish. There's a lot of time travel elements which are poorly explained, and even though they're trying to break it down as simply as possible, I'm still thinking, I have no idea what's going on here. Things like, if you go back to the past, you can't then affect your former present, which is now the future, which is now in the past, so you can't affect that future's past present. (laughs) <laughs> I'm they're like, okay, just because Mark Ruffalo has delivered that in his Green Hulk form does not make it any easier to understand.
1: It's easy peasy. You've got to put everything back exactly where it was unless you're Captain America, in which case you're allowed to stay and make no difference to the world whatsoever <laughs>
0: somehow. So that being said, you know, it is a lot to go through this entire franchise. There yeah. are, as I've detailed some excellent movies in there, some really excellent uh, movies, but they are, I'd say, a handful. Minority. I would say my my younger self would have rated the franchise much higher, but having re-watched it now at the grand age of, oh gosh, nearly 30, whoa, (sighs) I can say easily that the majority of these franchise movies are comfortably mediocre uh, films. They, they
1: are not garbage. And there
0: are some which are genuinely poor. Yeah,
1: they're not garbo. They're not like actual rotten junk, but I also yeah. wouldn't
0: choose to eat them over, over a pot of noodles. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, and the thing is, look, I still enjoy Marvel, uh, despite the fact that it is meant for children. Yeah, I'm, g- I'm going to keep watching it. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm going to s- still keep watching it. I know WandaVision is... Uh, sorry, Wanda Vision as opposed to Wanda Vision uh, becomes, or rather is out now on Disney Plus.
1: Uh, yeah, um, it's, it seems to have taken over a wee bit of the chat. I've not watched any of it yet, but I might. I'm going to wait <laughs> for
0: the episodes to. Fully yeah. come out Before yes. I Because they're doing The weekly release thing Which sucks So I'm just gonna have yeah. to wait Until they're all out Then I'll binge watch it But anyway Might do the, might do the same we, we finished Endgame I'm glad it's over To be honest uh, And it's fine Like it ties off Some nice threads And you know Robert Downey Jr Is yeah. excellent as Iron Man I really do like him Enjoy watching his performances And the, you know The cast as a whole I actually counted The amount of Like names in the credits Oh my goodness Big names who got their own wee caption Over 50 so this is an enormous movie. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, very, I don't rate the film very
1: highly. I, I think what it did for me is it left me. I'm, I actually enjoy wondering about what happens next more than I enjoy remembering the film. The film left enough questions <laughs> that I'm not sure they intended to that I'm like thinking a lot about how they're going like, to work this back in, like what are they going to do with like the whole Gomorrah situation? What are they yep. going to do about all the time skips and like all the different people's lives that some of their family and friends or maybe loved ones are, or didn't get skipped while they did, and blah 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 blah. There's a okay. whole lot of questions. I'm more excited like, about those than and then about thinking about the film itself. The film itself was forgettable.
0: Time is disappearing, James, so let's hear quickly what you
1: watched this week. Well, I watched a lot. I watched quite a few films, but the only one I want to talk about, because we've talked about most of the other ones before, at least you have or I have, is Bumblebee, which I think we might have talked about before. Oh, nice. The Transformers spinoff. Okay, yeah. it Transformers Transformers reboot? I don't really know. Yeah, right? kind it's of. somebody else doing a Transformers film, and it's entirely amazing, mainly about Bumblebee and Bumblebee's friend. Uh, this film... I liked far more than I like Transformers. And I like the Transformers films purely if you want to switch your brain off and be entertained for a while, even yeah. if they're really dumb. And somewhat, sometimes a wee bit too offensive. But we'll come back to that some other time, maybe. Um, Bumblebee is a very charming film, very cheesy, cliche, very simple. But it's entertaining. Uh, the VFX, which are needed a lot and uh, are actually impressive a lot, do not let me down. And I'm, yeah. I'm I'm quite fussy about them sometimes, but this film pulls it off with, believe it or not, an entirely VFX Bumblebee. <laughs> oh yeah, tra- the Transformer is not a real actor. Um, aside from the, tra- the 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 robots who talk and stuff, there was one really cool robot, robot ro- reboot reboot who a reboot who talked- robot. Yeah, there was a, like a one robot whose voice was like a vocoder and I was like why can't he be the main character. Uh, aside from the robots, there was like one or two genuinely good characters for this for for any film, not just like this level of film. Yeah. Uh, and then there were one or two genuinely bad characters for any film, not just this level of film, and then all the other characters were just fine.
0: And that's that's good. Let me ask, did you enjoy John Cena's performance as the villain? No. <laughs>
1: oh, did you not? Oh, I thought he was John great. Cena. I hate him. I, he, no. was the, he was the biggest waste of time in this film. They could. have Oh, put, gee, could have I'm put, so disappointed. I thought he was thought he was great. It had some was funny. Uh, his intro sucked. He had some value every now and then, but his character could have been executed by absolutely anyone. <laughs> okay. Well, and uh, your point. and I think his character could have been executed by no one. I don't think his character needed to be in the film at. all. All. Oh, poor John! Um, Leave him alone. <laughs> he might as well have been invisible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <But> there, are, <laughs> there are some <laughs> genuinely good character moments, and some that are like a wee subversion of expectations. Right. Um. Some of those are on the nose, and some of them aren't. I appreciated some of the subtle. Hey, guys, you expected this, but we're subtly doing a different thing. Uh, so overall, film is actually surprisingly grounded, um, compared to what I was expecting, and compared to what the other Transformers films have been, um. I rate it a fun out of
0: 10. Fun out of 10. Love it. Okay, James, time is gone, so I'm just going to give the briefest of mentions to this. We've ended one franchise watchback, and myself and Graham have started a new one. It's Pirates of the Caribbean, everybody. Oh, that won't take as long. Uh, Well, there's only five films, thank goodness. So We started with Curse of the Black Pearl, which I genuinely haven't seen for, oh, I'd say easily seven or eight years. what a film. And I forgot... This movie is actually a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. It's so good. Like, no wonder Disney didn't go bankrupt after they made this film. So, what I love reading about is the production notes in which the Disney executives were like, is Johnny Depp's character Jack Sparrow, is he drunk or gay? And they hated, they apparently <laughs> hated his performance. Yeah, they didn't like it. <laughs> but Jerry Bruckheimer and Gore Verbinski, who were behind this, were like, no, let him do his thing. It's going to work. As Actually, it did. It Johnny Depp got an Oscar nomination for this movie. I did yeah. not know that.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. No, it, this is this is a, this is a film again, like much like I think this film changed changed Disney as much as yep. something like uh, Bernie Sanders not winning the presidency
0: changed the world. <laughs> okay, right. Without this film, Disney wouldn't exist right now. I, you're, you know what, you're probably right because this was it made an absolute truckload of money. For Disney and I'm I'm actually looking forward to seeing the second and third films because I, I don't really remember them. But this watching Curse of the Black Pearl, I, and as as much as I remember watching the film when I was much, much younger, I think it came out in two thousand and three, so I would have been twelve. I remember being like genuinely a little bit scared of the skeletons. Yeah, yeah. But now yeah. when you look at you watch it in twenty twenty one, this film is eighteen years old and you think, okay, that was cutting edge for the time, but it has not aged very well. <laughs> to be fair, some of the stuff does Some of it work. looks good. Some yeah. of it looks good.
1: Some of it absolutely does not. In, in the, actually, in, in every single part of the franchise, I think some of the some of the VFX they do for the for the bad guy characters usually uh, is is actually still still stands out. But yeah, no, there's lots of it that does. I
0: think the Davy Jones who we're about to encounter is actually pretty good. Yes. Yeah, from still, what I recall. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's that's enough of that. Curse of the Black Pearl. Good yeah. fun. Enjoy it a lot. And if you're looking for. A nice throwback to the much happier days of 2003. Stick it on, it's on Disney Plus.
1: As a a franchise in general, I'd say the first film hit the absolute peak of how much you're willing to suspend your disbelief and enjoy a film. And then they tried to make you suspend more and then more.
0: Okay, well, we'll get to
1: that. And
0: then more. So we'll get to those ones. (laughs) Okay, well, last reminder if you have seen or watched anything, please do send us a review. Be excellent to hear more voices on this show okay james we've got to finish up let's go Okay, so very, very quickly, this is uh, the news about Cameron House, which I've included. I I know we don't usually tend to cover Scottish court stories, but this one was really important. So this was the Cameron House fire, which happened in December 2017. Mm -hmm. And for me, James, was the turning point for me leaving journalism. Ah. This was the story in which two men died in a fire at this five-star resort uh, on the banks of Loch Lomond. Beautiful place. Mm -hmm. And... Three years later, there's finally been a, a court case to determine what happened. Indeed, and what happened was the fire started because a night porter put a bag of ash and embers into a cupboard with yeah. kindling and newspaper in a plastic in it. bag. And there's CCTV footage, which is actually pretty harrowing, of this fire starting and then that claimed the lives of, of a couple yeah. uh, from London who had mm-hmm. who had come north to spend Christmas there. So this was I remember being asked by my editor to head down there and get some exclusive pictures. Oh and so God. I chucked on my civvies, my hoodie, and oversized skate shoes, and attempted to walk around the water's edge of Loch Lomond to get these exclusive shots. Mm-hmm. But the police had sussed that out right. and told us to bog off and go home. Yes. And so instead, I jumped two walls and pretended to be a local and just rocked up to the hotel and like chatted to the, to the fireman officer and be like, ''All right, what's happening here?'' And then whilst his back was turned, I nipped in between a couple of buildings and took some some footage of this burning building where two people had died, slapped it on Twitter with the words exclusive, and then felt almost dirty. I felt terrible yeah. that yeah. as part of my job, I had, to go, I had to do that. It was expected of me. And genuinely, that story had a massive impact on me. And uh, it was the beginning of the end. So uh, as... <sighs> You know, a tragic story, and an even more tragic, having now, after three years, found out what caused it. Yeah, like the most avoidable of things. Like, yep. I don't even,
1: I don't even understand how you hit that level of, of lacking common sense. So, a massive
0: shame. Okay, let's move on. Time is gone. Uh, let's talk about the fact that J- Jacob Rees Mogg this week. Oh man, Britain's biggest idiot. At least, when, when it,
1: well, sorry, Britain's biggest idiot of whatever room he's in. <laughs> okay.
0: So uh, JRM claimed that fish in Britain are better and happier because they are now British after Brexit. What is wrong with this man? I think he's trying to do patriotic stuff,
1: but he also has absolutely no charisma.
0: Well, no, it's not even that. It's the fact he's claiming that fish are happier because they're British. Yeah,
1: what? But, like, I, can imagine Bo- I can imagine Boris saying that, and then like the pro-Boris cult being like, "Yeah, I love it." But then like Mog says it, and it's just like, "Aren't you supposed to be smart?" Well, that's what happened this week. And then you remember, oh no, he's supposed to be, but he really isn't. This is this is this is Jacob Rees-Mogg who who broke lockdown rules recently. Just uh, correct, yes, he yeah, went
0: to yeah, a, yeah. a church service which was outside yeah.
1: his. His I mean, actual not boundary. Not only can can he not tell that fish do not know their nationality, but he also does not know his own
0: postcode, I guess. Uh, this 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 came as uh, pictures were emerging off the Peterhead fish market, usually bustling yeah, with uh, hundreds eat. of vendors and, and delivery companies getting their fish and their fresh produce and selling it uh, all over the world. Uh, the pictures this week were of it empty because yeah. Brexit, unsurprisingly, is Screwing the industries it promised to protect. Well, yeah, which is
1: the double embarrassment. Like, how do you go so hard on being like, Brexit is for the fish, and then can entirely fail to get a good deal for the fish, you know? <laughs> what what do the fish think of this? Well, they're happy, yeah, apparently. Well, they're clearly they're <laughs> happy because they're British. But um, <laughs> I don't understand how you put so much of your, of your fishes in one basket and then just don't follow through. Surely... They had a goal when they were negotiating with the EU, and I don't know how they didn't achieve even this most simple
0: one of, like, at least get the stuff that you put on the poster. But they didn't. Happy fish and happy musicians. James, our penultimate story this week is about the music industry who have been lied to because, of course, they were told (laughs) that their touring deals across Europe would be unaffected by Brexit. (laughs) And now, lo and behold the UK government has rejected what it's calling musician passports. Yeah. As a whole bunch of big name stars have uh, written angry letters to the government to say, hey, why are you not letting us work in Europe and vice versa easily like the EU offered you?
1: Yeah, the EU. Yeah. So originally we found out that this wasn't a thing and the UK government was like, oh, that EU, they they wouldn't agree to it. And then the EU was like, no, you we offered a really comprehensive uh, offer, including musicians and their entire support network, yep. to get a short-term visas easy peasy. Uh, <laughs> and then the UK government's like, ah, yeah, I guess that's true." <laughs> Sorry, because they wanted even more people to be on this. They, when they got offered a deal about the music and the music industry, they were like, "Hmm, maybe we can like put bankers on the list as well, and then the finance sector won't collapse as well." Um, and then that didn't go down well. It's just incompetence again. But I, I expect the deal will be forged soon because it's it's getting a bit of limelight now. Um, I think it is. A, there's a wee bit of like a tasty kind of irony um, because some of the some of the musicians that are now complaining very loudly are people who were very pro Brexit and were like, "Nothing's going to happen." Roger Daltrey is one that comes to mind. Yeah. Oh Brexit, nothing will happen. It's all will be fine. Oh, I just lost my entire touring
0: schedule. I'm angry now. Like, well, yeah. Enjoy getting your face eaten. Okay, and one <laughs> one last story, because time is gone for the third time. Uh, the Russian critic, the chief Kremlin critic, Alexei Navalny, has been arrested on his return to Russia from Germany. This was the story that a few months ago, when Navalny was poisoned... Uh, on his way out of Russia or across Russia. Mm-hmm. He flew back uh, to Moscow a few days ago after spending months in Germany recovering from that attack, which was said to be carried out on the orders of Putin. Yeah, And also getting one of the attackers to admit to it on call. Indeed. So, so James, <laughs> what does the future have in store for Navalny? I, I have got no idea what his game plan
1: is. This is mad. I'm, I am so surprised he went back. But he, he's... He's super smart. He's he's really smart. So he must have something. Because because that's my question. Why on earth would you go back? I don't get it. I don't I don't understand what you get from it. Like maybe he knows that there's just not enough support for Putin to to do it again, uh, because now that it is on the record globally that it was Putin, he can't he can't he can't just like
0: slip another poison and then be like. How did, the, how did he die? What a surprise. Yep. Um, so, so, so that was my thought, which was the only thing you could possibly do is essentially call his bluff and say, look, everybody, I'm back in Russia. So if you poison me, everybody will know it's you. But to yeah. me, that's like, he's not going to care. He's still going to do it anyway.
1: Yeah. So he must, like, he's been arrested already. He must have a long-term game plan. He did have his lawyer saying that the arrest wasn't okay because they wouldn't take the lawyer with. So there is already rules being broken, or there are already rules being broken. Uh, We've already got world leaders condemning this move. Um, However, I doubt any of them have done any sanctions yet. I've not read about any. Um, They might be willing to. I feel like Putin's grip on the situation in general in Russia isn't as strong as he likes to pretend it is right now. I don't think he's got quite as much support uh, from quite as much wealth as he has enjoyed in the past, um, so maybe the big game plan is to go back to Russia and start re- releasing the 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 news that he's been storing up for months about like how weak Putin actually is and how corrupt Putin actually is. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. So situation will develop, but I'm I I was shocked when I, re- I read the headline. He's going back. I was shocked, and then I was like, oh. When I read the headline that he got arrested, <laughs> I was just like, wait, okay,
0: <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Okay, right, James, time is up. Thank you so much for your time. This has been uh, thoroughly enjoyable, made all the better by uh, listener contributions and alcohol. Hey! <laughs> uh, have a uh, an excellent weekend. And if anyone is listening to this on Saturday, please do join us on stream at 8 o'clock yeah. to watch me and James play a game. Keep an eye on Twitter.
1: Yeah, we'll just be playing a game. Come have a come have a chat. Yes. Ask us questions. Please t- do. T- tell us about yourselves. Do whatever. I say that's, that's, you're free. I will platform you.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'll stick stick around for like two and a half hours. Sounds good. Sounds good. (laughs) Okay. Right. Cheers, James. I'll see you next week. All right. Less booze. Bye, everyone. Bye.